you thought we'd start the show off like that? Birdland BS. Check it out. was gay but <laughs> we're gonna keep going with it hopefully yeah. you're, you're not offended uh this is birdland bs and uh i'm that ryan gay <laughs> oh my yeah i wasn't ready i'm sorry sorry everybody <laughs> but uh you know it's wednesday night fred and ryan doing the normal thing here uh i don't even know the <laughs> i date. guess you can call it normal yeah it's pretty normal yeah. uh you know, we try to be consistent, uh, but yeah, we're getting down to the nitty gritty here on the Christmas holiday. Uh, I don't know about you, but work is like crazy slow right now. Uh, yeah, I know you're in a whole different field. I like get away messages a lot lately, and people are basically informing us that hey, I'm not going to be back in until after the new year. That's and I'm like. I'm pretty like, much the same su- thing. Yeah. I'm like, you suck because I'm working, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm at the new job, you know, I'm like kind of going through all the, the rigmaroles of training and whatnot and and learning systems. And you know, a lot of the training, I depend on other people, you know, helping me and assisting me through this stuff. And right now, trying to get other people's assistance is uh, <laughs> pretty tough, to say the least. Yeah. People are not readily available or <laughs> readily in the office. It's actually uh, quite the ghost town. So uh, my schedule has been quite all over the place uh, lately. So I'm okay with that, though. That just means less hours in the uh, the office and uh, less work I have to do. So I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I'm just I'm in there all day, and it's just a long day, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to stay focused, but it's tough. But, it's um, hard. It's hard to even look at your face right now, Ryan. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm still bitter. You're so, you're so dumb. <laughs> over this uh, this past weekend. Um, oh yeah, that was great. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it was. It's funny because uh, you know we're talking about fantasy football here, and uh, Fred Rowe and myself were in the. Uh, I guess it's the semifinals semifinals yeah and uh we had played earlier in the season and fred sucks and he scored like 55 points and i don't i, I <laughs> scored did like not show up that yeah, week i scored all. like 84 and then uh this week you know we're in the playoffs uh i had a buy because you know number two seed and uh fred yeah. fred won the first round so he gets up against me and uh we're pretty evenly matched. I think our teams' uh, our predictions had us like within two or three points. We two really or three close. points. So my team was just going nuts right out the gate. Thursday uh, night football. Thursday night. Goddamn Chiefs. <laughs> Kareem Hunt and uh, Tariq Hill are on my team. <sighs> and uh, he was the least one I was worried about. Tariq or uh, <laughs> the. Um, uh, Kareem Hunt. I thought, yeah. you know, this guy like busted his load early in the year, 
hasn't done really much of anything the past few weeks. I was like, ah, you know, I'm not worried about Thursday night football. If he gets like, you know, 15 points out of the two of those guys, I'm in good shape. So that uh, fucking backfired. Kareem Hunt goes off, and it's like every time one of my guys scores, I'm texting Fred, like give him the old call. Yeah, you know, text. I got about ten calls that night. Well, one of them I almost sent, but they called it back, which I think was a bad call by the refs. But he he got one shortly after, Ugh. you know. And then I've got Cam Newton, who basically has. Well, wait a know, second before you even go on to Cam oh, Newton. Oh, it it was ahead. like what forty-five to nothing just after thirty uh, Thursday night football, or yeah. no, no, no. I'm sorry. I think I had somebody playing. Who the hell did I have playing? Golden Tate had three points. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Golden Tate had three points. A guy that so but before the week started, I sat there. I had four pretty equally projected wide receivers, and I bounced back and forth. I mean, I must have switched who was starting and who was sitting on the bench at least three different times with my wide receivers. And I went as far as going on my Twitter page and sending Jeremy Kahn a message saying, "Hey, I need advice on this," and. <laughs> Uh, Ken from uh, Fans Fantasy. I went on him and I sent him a tweet and I was like, I need help. I need advice for who I should start. Because Juju Smith-Schuster, I thought, on the on the good side, this guy can have a big game. Antonio Brown's not going to be there. You know, he's hurt. Uh, you know, or if if he does play, there. I'm sorry, no, he wasn't hurt yet. He was playing. Yeah, he wasn't hurt yet. He wasn't hurt. He was playing. But I figured they're going to double cover him. That's what it was. They're going to double cover him. Schuster's coming back from a one-game suspension. You know, he's got something to prove. So that's everything I'm building up to why I should start Schuster. But then on the other hand of that, he had been questionable all week. All week. And battling an injury all week. So the flip side is, fuck, I don't want to put this guy in, him play two plays, and then that's it. So I'm like, shit, do I start him? Do I not? The risk-reward? Like... And no. Okay, I made my decision. I'm not going to start him. Golden Tate's probably, out of the four receivers I had, probably the most consistent receiver. He doesn't really put up a ton, but I can usually count on him to get me like somewhere around 10 points a week, typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was projected to do about that, like 9 or 10. So I'm like, all right, I'll lock him in. So I'm down to one wide receiver left, and it's between Sanu uh, for for um, for – yeah, the Falcons. Falcons. And uh, who was the other guy that I had? Um, Shepard? Yeah, Sterling Shepard for the Giants. So. Who you just picked up, right? Uh, yeah, I had just picked him up, right. And I'm thinking, well, there's no other wide receivers for New York. So Shepard would be a good play. But there's the injury bug with this guy, too. He's questionable. Sanu's questionable, but Sanu's going against the Tampa Bay's secondary, which is rated as one of the worst in the NFL. I think the worst in the NFL. So I go with Sanu because I think, all right, Matt Ryan's probably going to be throwing the ball around. They're probably going to double team Julio Jones because Julio Jones went off for 250 yards against his team earlier in the year. And I thought, well, they're not going to let that happen again. So maybe Sanu will have the big game. <laughs> Worst two decisions I could have possibly made out of the four wide receivers. I picked the worst two. Had I picked Sanu and had or had I picked uh, uh, Shepard and had I picked Juju, we'd be talking about a totally different outcome. Totally yeah. Different. Well, 
Fred also, he had Carson Wentz, and he got injured, obviously. So he picks yeah. up Nick Foles, <laughs> but he starts uh, uh, Kirk Cousins, who has been pretty consistent, pretty good this year. From a fantasy football's perspective, yeah. he's, he's, he's done well when I've needed him in games that I didn't use Wentz. And I just I, I couldn't even though I picked Foles up, I, I couldn't I couldn't see him putting up Wentz kind of numbers. I thought there's all this hype going around this guy. You know, everybody's like, oh, the the Eagles are still Super Bowl con, you know, contenders, blah, blah, blah. I just I didn't buy into it. I didn't believe it. Yeah. That's why I'm not an expert. So had you started the two guys, Shepard and Foles, that you picked up, you would have beat me probably by at least five points. It would have been close, but, I, yeah, I definitely would have beat you. It's, but It was a, a 134 to, to 119. What, 119. Yeah. And, I mean, you had Todd Gurley. He scores 41 points. You had uh, Freeman from the Atlanta Falcons. He scores 22 points or something like that. You yeah. had over 60 points with your running backs. Somehow. Yeah. It was the, the wide receivers. It was the wide receivers that, that did it in for him. I mean, Kirk Cousins. Fierce Redheads owned yeah. your ass. That's all I got to say. And I was done. By like one o'clock Sunday or something, I was done early because I couldn't do any. You know, I was just sitting there watching. I'm like, "You're gonna come back. You're gonna come back." And you got pretty damn close. I was a little worried. If I Sanu- had no faith that I even had a shot in hell <laughs> in coming back. I mean, I texted you back and forth about it. I really yeah. didn't think I'd had even chance of coming back. But I, th- I, I was at. I was actually at bowling. I, I bowl. Um, in a league on Sundays, it's like an every other week type thing. And it just so happened that I was bowling that week and they didn't have the game on TV or whatnot, but it felt like every five minutes my phone would light up and it was a Yahoo alert. And I'm looking at it and it's girly scored a touchdown. And I'm like, five minutes later, I get another one girly scored a touchdown. I'm like, all right, is that the same touchdown? Like what's going on? I'm pulling it up and I'm like, no, that's another touchdown. He had like four or five touchdowns, man. It was, uh, Insane. Insane. He had like what, 150 some yards? Yeah, but anyway, you're 0 2 against me. So, yeah. <sighs> it's all right. I, I don't it know was, the, the kid that you're playing against in the championship. He's just a, 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 a guy to me. So I'm pulling for you, Ryan. Yeah. Bring one home for all the fellow redheads. <laughs> I've, uh, as long as we've been in this fantasy league together, I've never won the yeah. championship. So I, I hope, hoping I'm due. Yeah, but, you're uh, usually in the hunt for it, though. You're always yeah, in the, the final pretty, six with us. Pretty competitive. I try to make the playoffs, uh, but always come up short. Always had that one bad week where you know the team just takes a dump. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> unlike the Ravens, yeah, who uh, pulled one out this week. Yeah, man, twenty-seven to ten. Obviously, they needed to. We expected them to. Um, I don't know, man. I, I wasn't real confident. I thought it was a trap game. I thought it was going to be another, you know, we talked about it, the Dolphins scenario. They get their first win against the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, I was happy to see, uh, you know, the, it, it wasn't the prettiest of wins, but 27 to 10, the defense came back and, and, and played strong uh, considering the, the shellacking that the Steelers gave, uh, you know, over 500, 500 yards of offense against us. Um, yeah, this is, uh, January Joe, maybe a little bit early, man. This is like three games in a row that, uh, he's now averaging 275 yards a game. Uh, granted it's not against the, the best competition. I mean, yeah, the Steelers were in there. Um, and you know, they're going to be a top seed in the playoffs. If not the number one seed in the AFC, things keep going the way that they're going. Um, 
That was but, a crazy game with uh, the Patriots. Oh yeah, man, that was a so. yeah, that was a that was a really entertaining game. It was a crazy finish to that game, and I, I that whole catch rule thing. I <laughs> I, I don't agree I, with it. You know, I mean, I never like to see the Steelers win, but I I think I equally or maybe even a little bit more never like to see the the, the Patriots win. <laughs> I, so I I agree with that. Yeah, I w- I was saying at work they're like who you who you rooting for? I said personally I like to see the Steelers win because yeah. they've already won the division at this point, and I'd rather see them. I one I know we can play we we come to play when we play the Steelers. You know, we did get beat, but it was a close game. I'd rather see us go against the Steelers. Um, or if the Steelers are going to beat us, I'd be happier than if the Patriots beat us. I, I don't know. I just – I don't like the Patriots at all. Um, I'm tired of seeing them winning. I know Tom Brady's the greatest ever. That's fine. I'll admit <laughs> it. But just just go home. Like, I'm done with them. I was really rooting for the Steelers to win that. And, uh, you know, the way it went down, there were several catches this week that I saw watching the Kareem Hunt catch yeah. was questionable. You know, I I thought it was a catch, obviously, because I'm biased and he was on my fantasy team. But had, <laughs> had he not been, I, I still think I would have been like, okay, yeah, that that was a good catch. And it touched the ground a little bit, but it's like it didn't do anything. Um, And then there was that one catch with the, uh, the Steelers and Harbaugh tried to, like, challenge it. Um, yeah. but then there was a penalty anyway, but I was like, yeah, that, that looked like the ball moved and then they kept it the same. They didn't overturn it. And then there was the whole Steelers catch, which it, it takes you back to when, um, we had that catch in the end zone. Um, I can't even remember who the receiver was uh, a few years back and they swatted it right out of his hands. Oh, uh, you're talking about Lee Evans. Lee Evans, yeah, Lee yeah, Evans. Against the Patriots in the playoffs. And, and it's just like, yeah, what's a catch? Because like, if you're a running back, and it, if that receiver's a running back and he runs into the end zone and the ball passes it, it doesn't matter after right. that point. So it's it's just it's kind of interesting rules. But it, no matter what, if you're that home team uh, fan, or not the home team, if you're the Steelers fan or whoever the play's against, you know, you always want it to go your way. So, right. Uh, had I been a Patriots fan and seen that, I'd be like, yeah, that that's not a catch. But <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, like, both sides of it, but I really do think that that's, that's got to be a rule that's that's looked at in the offseason and adjusted and changed. Um, you know, I mean, there, there can even be, like, a trap exclusion. Like, the, the whole purpose of that not being a completed pass, the, the rule um, – that explains why that that's not a catch is because he didn't, he didn't have possession of the ball, what they call possession of the ball before the ball hit the ground in his hand. And when the ball adjusts, when it hits on hits the ground, that's what they call an incomplete pass. Now, had he mm-hmm. caught the ball, brought the ball to his chest, that completes the pass and then reached out and the ball would have moved when it hit the ground. It would have been a complete pass. It would have been a touchdown, but because he caught the ball away from his body and extended his arm, there wasn't enough time for them to rule it a completion and the motion of it when it hit the ground. I, I don't agree with it, but that's why. And I think that that's kind of a BS ploy. I think that if you catch the ball 
so close to the ground that you trap the ball against the ground in your hand. That shouldn't be a complete pass. I get that. Like that's that's clean cut. But as far as catching it at one point and extending and it then adjusting when it hits the that to me, that's that's kind of a, that's where the rule yeah. needs to be addressed and needs to be changed. Um, but you know, it's it's neither here nor there. That's that's kind of the the human aspect of football i mean you know that's one of those rules that not everybody's going to agree with and no matter what end of it you're either going to be a fan of it or you're going to hate it the next day (laughs) but uh just a lot of interesting uh you know football it was fun it's fun it was a a good week of football that's for sure uh some pretty big statistical games for some individuals and uh some shifting of, of the playoff seeds. Now I, I, the Ravens really have a, a a very good shot of not just making the playoffs, but being the the fifth seed moving forward. You know, Tennessee's uh, obviously got a lock on the fifth position right now, but they've got two really, really tough games um, coming up. You know, they've got one against uh, Jacksonville and uh, who's the other one that they're playing? Uh, the Rams. So, yeah, they're playing the Rams in Jacksonville to finish out the year. Um, now, if they can win those two games, by all means, they deserve to be at least that fifth seed. But uh, all it takes is one, you know, one loss to one of those teams, and the Ravens are in the fifth seed. Uh, who's that Who's that put us up against? If Well, obviously, we don't know. Well, right it would now, put us against if, – if it finished out the way it is now, it would put us against the Chiefs uh, for the first round. And if we beat the Chiefs – that it would put us against, um, well, I guess it would depend on the winner of the, sh- the Patriots other game. will probably come out with the one seed, but okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't realize that. That's a game we could have won, too. We we played the Titans this season. Yeah, there's a bunch of them when you look back on that. I mean, and just think of like, what, all right, so you, you pick out pick out two games, right? You pick out the Titans game. That's a that's a prime example that we could have won. And the Bears game. We should have won that at home, right? You take those two losses, and now we're sitting at 10-4, and four, and we're right up there with the, the Patriots and the Steelers for our number one or number two seed. Um, you know, that obviously <clears throat> that last game against Pittsburgh could have gone the other way. Uh, it's just, there's, you always do that at the end of the year, the what ifs, and this could have happened, that could have happened. But here, the reality of it is the Ravens now are what, nine and six or no, eight and six. Uh, yeah, eight and six. Yeah, eight and six. They beat the Cleveland Browns 27 to 10. You know, one, one big thing about this game that uh, I was kind of impressed with was Alex Collins got shut down. Uh, I mean, it was the first time I've seen him not be able to get going. He had 12 carries for 19 yards. Um, Now, they didn't shut down the run game completely. Buck Allen's still able to uh, have a pretty decent game with 70 yards on 13 carries. But what was good to see was that that didn't completely shut the the Ravens' offense down. No. You know, Flacco was able to get going. He – you go back to Collins, man. I know he got hit there at one point, and that looked like that really uh, took a lot out of him. Yeah, uh, I think he had to walk out, and then he came back a couple of players. He still looked a little bit uh, groggy, and uh, it definitely was a different Alex Collins. I think uh, that was than, the uh, fourth down that they went for it. 
uh, there at the goal line where he cut outside and he got hit pretty hard trying yeah. to cut back up and, and get in the end zone. But yeah, you're right. After that play, he just didn't seem to be himself. So, uh, yeah, it was good to see. I mean, Buck Allen stepped right up. So that was good. Like you said, it didn't stop the offense. Um, you know, Flacco was definitely throwing the ball around, uh, a lot of different receivers in that game. Um, was it Flacco with the rushing touchdown too? That was uh, yeah. That kind of so, caught me off guard. <laughs> Flacco, man, that was nice. Uh, Flacco goes in there and he does that diving play. Like he dives head first. Yeah. And uh, I'm just like, why do you do that? Why is he doing it? <laughs> right. One, like, I was like, this guy just doesn't want to play anymore. I when said, my wife <laughs> questions that play call. Like, you know that that's a bad decision. Whether that was Flacco trying to make something out of nothing or whether that was a legit play call from Marty Morningwig. Either way, whoever decided to do that, that was just a stupid decision. I mean, he looked like he could have got hurt. You know, obviously, on TV, the the announcers are going to, you know, they're like, yeah, Carson Wentz just did this, and, you know, look where he's at. But, you know, I was just like, Jesus. Like, why are you – what are you doing to yourself? But – um, I guess that's a little bit of, you know, you talk about him not having, uh, you know, a lot of emotion. So maybe that's, that's where it is, you know, plays like that. Joe wants to go for it. So he just dives in there head first. I don't know. Yeah. But you gotta be smarter than that. You know, you're in a playoff run. You're the franchise quarterback, you know, I mean, you, you gotta be smarter than that. You don't want to injure yourself. Uh, on a stupid play, especially against a team like the Browns. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, he, he still – he was 26-42 for 288. He had the one uh, one touchdown to Ben Watson, which uh, was a nice pass play. It was a you know crossing pattern uh, that he kind of led, you know, Watson out a few yards. And that's something like, – we, we've talked about that before, too. That's something you don't really see very often from Flacco is him for be able to lead a wide receiver. You almost feel like when it happens, it happened by mistake. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he didn't really do that. Like, uh, that was bullshit. Like, he, he it just worked out in our favor. Because uh, uh, he just doesn't do it. You never see it. He throws to a spot, <laughs> and the wide receiver stands there waiting for it. I mean, that's like Flacco 101. Um but guess who got hurt in that game on his first catch of the game? Who's that? Jeremy Macklin. First <laughs> catch of the game, he gets fucking hurt. And... Okay, so I almost texted you when that happened <sighs> because I was like, "It's gonna." Say, you've been like grilling this guy the last couple of weeks. I'm like, Fred, are you happy now? You you took him out of the game. No, nah, it's it's not even a matter <laughs> of being happy that he's out of the game. Look, he's a productive receiver. He's He's a good wide receiver. I just question his drive and his motive. I don't. I don't question his skill set at all. Um, you jinx the man, Fred. You. I just don't bad. think you know. I, I don't know. There's. I could think of a ton of wide receivers that, especially like this, when it comes down to late in the year, and you're in a playoff push. I mean, you do everything that you can to get on and get off the field and make a play. And I just feel like he's just kind of like, eh, if I'm out there, I'm out there, whatever. You know, I'll help the team if I can. I just don't feel, I don't see the drive with him. But who I am seeing drive from is Mike Wallace. I mean, he had another good game with uh, six catches for 89 yards. I mean, he's, you know, considering the production of the wide receivers and how it was the first half of the year, 
you know, these last three or four weeks, uh, he's really stepped up and he's played well. He's made some really big catches, some tough catch catches in traffic. Um, so it's good. It's been good to see him get more involved because I think we're going to need him big time down, down the stretch, you know, especially when we get to the playoffs, uh, you got to have that deep threat and we damn sure don't have it in Perryman, which that's what he was supposed to be. And, uh, Wallace is very much, in my opinion, he's kind of like the, he, he thrives off of confidence, right? So when he gets involved early and he gets a couple catches under his belt, typically he has a bigger game. But yeah. if he goes a quarter or two to start the game without any catches, you don't really hear much from him at all during a game. So it's good to see them getting him involved. Yeah, I noticed, um, you know, Wallace obviously had two back-to-back weeks great, like you said, and then um, Danny Woodhead, you know, he's getting in the mix as a wide receiver as well. Yeah. Um, six receptions, 31 yards, nothing crazy, but you're you're starting to see him pop up more and up. I'm wondering if that's because we're short on receivers. They're kind of like, hey, we want to get him in the game. and uh. It's probably both, but I, I think where his specialty lies is, you know, the short yardage situations. And the Ravens are always kind of in a third and two and a third and three situation, it seems like, because they, you know, they typically don't go down the field too often. So you're going to see his receptions increase. I don't think you'll see – much yardage out of him unless he breaks one. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think it's been a little slow in coming since he's come back. Um, but in a way I kind of like that cause it kind of keeps him fresh for the long run. Um, but yeah, it's definitely good to see him getting involved him and Ben Watson. Ben Watson's been another one that uh, kind of spotty in production, that type of thing. And usually Flacco is very reliant on, tight end production. You know, we've seen that over his career with, with heap and Pitta. Um, now he, he relies on his tight ends a lot. So it's good to see Ben Watson getting involved and he's another one, get him involved for the few catches. And he usually has a pretty, you know, pretty big game. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall wasn't the best game, but we have 376 total yards of offense. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't the best game statistically, but the positive was was Alex Collins was shut down and we were still able to survive and and win a game. Uh, now on the defensive side of the ball, like we talked about, uh, good to see them come back after such a, a, a bad outing against the Steelers. Um, yeah, they held Cleveland to 266 total yards, four turnovers, um, only allowed 136 passing yards. Uh, Matt Judon. I think he was kind of my defensive MVP of the game with six tackles, uh, a sack. He's got seven sacks on the year now. Um, so a big game from him. What did you see on the defense that kind of impressed you or something that you were happy uh, with? Nothing in particular. I I just like to see, you know, the turnovers. Um, obviously, Kaiser helped them out a little bit on some of the plays he, he, he attempted to make, uh, you know, that – interception in the end zone uh that was pretty much a a bad play on him that made the defense look better but i i didn't see anything crazy nobody's got like i mean you talk about six tackles i mean that's pretty good but like you know nobody's off the charts um i feel like they all pretty much contributed evenly throughout the game obviously uh weddle got another interception um nothing 
I just thought they played well as a unit, man. I, you know, it was one of those situations where had the defense not played well, that could have been an entirely different game. Um, you know, uh, interception in the end zone. Um, there are a couple. I think there were a couple mistakes by the Browns that had they not happened, this game would have went a completely different route. But yeah, I agree with that. I, I think a lot of it falls on on Kaiser and and. Uh... Yeah, I mean, look, the guy's a rookie. He's got a rookie. great he's yeah. got he's got a great arm and all that stuff. So I'm going to ask you this. I'll put you in the uh, the GM role for the Browns. So if if things were to end the way that they're projecting to end, the Browns are going to end up with two of next year's top five draft picks. They're going to have the first overall pick and the fifth overall pick if things were to end the way that they're supposed to end. Now, in the off season. Uh, the backup quarterback from Cincinnati, A.J. McCarrens, he becomes a free agent. Uh, and there's been talks with him and Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson gave him a huge hug pregame before uh, for their last well, game. Um, didn't wasn't there a mishap where they wanted him? Something, something happened there. Yeah, didn't where, happen with the paperwork. Almost right. like an Elvis Doomerville thing. Right. Yeah. Where, exactly. Where somebody didn't fax it over, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't done in time or something. It, Go to figure that it's just two terrible organizations, but uh, <laughs> both of them reside in Ohio. Um, so you're you're the, uh, the 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 Browns GM for a minute. You've got the Sean Kaiser. You've got the potential of going after an AJ McCarrens in the off season, uh, or when you have two top five draft picks coming up. Which way do you go? Do you build around Kaiser and you know invest in? the pick that you've already made. Do you bring in somebody else from the outside, like an AJ McCarron's or do you draft another quarterback? What do you do? I'm not, I think Kaiser's okay. Uh, I haven't been following the Browns too closely, but even though they're 14, Oh, and 14, I feel like the games that I do see and the stats that I see that they play well as a team. Um, they look somewhat decent, and they're a threat. I think, like you said, going into this game, you were a little bit worried about the Ravens losing. And I think right. that's for a reason. Um, I don't think they need to draft another quarterback. Um, I feel like you got an opportunity to get two really great players that you need. Well, not necessarily that you need, but they can make improvements on both sides of the ball. So I – I really don't know what their needs are because I don't follow them that well, but I, I definitely don't think they need a quarterback. I think who they have is is serviceable. I mean, they want to go out and get AJ McCarron. They can, um, but you know, that's a. I feel like that's a. Rare, how often does that happen? You get two of the top five picks. No, I mean, it's just it's very r- rare. Ridiculous. I mean, so, and the uh, Browns are probably one of the only organizations that could fuck this up. Have two <laughs> top five picks and and really mess it up because I mean. They they had the stat up and it had all the quarterbacks that they drafted oh, yeah. and it's like ridiculous amount they couldn't even put them all in the picture yeah uh, in the graphic but uh, I I like Kaiser I think he's pretty good he's not like Deshaun Jackson um not what's the other guy oh um, Deshaun Watson oh okay Deshaun yeah. Watson uh I mean that's from somebody what I can, they could have had they missed yeah they could have had him they missed out yep. you know um you know Hugh Jackson uh. You know, they were talking about him that other teams are interested in him already. I think he's 
Well, there's there's some interest out there. I think the 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 big interest is coming from Cincinnati. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, with the news of Marvin Lewis stepping down. Um, Yeah, I don't think I don't think that was uh, just Marvin Lewis deciding he's going to step down. I think that was a hey, you either gracefully bow out or we're gonna we're gonna let you go type thing. But I I mean, they got a lot of. I mean, now that I'm starting to think about a little bit more, you know. Crowell looks pretty good. They're running back. Uh, Duke Johnson looks really good. Um, they both were putting up numbers um, the last couple weeks. Uh, the quarterback's not bad. They got that uh, wide receiver back. What's that? Uh, Josh, Josh Gordon. Gordon. He's he's decent. Um, and he's coming off a, a long break. So if if he gets stays out of trouble, goes through the offseason, and comes back healthy and ready to play next year, he could be nasty. Yeah. Uh, you go out and you get a nice lineman, and then you make whatever improvements you need to on defense. They could be right. They could be a really good team next year. I I don't think they look that bad. I think it looks bad because they're zero fourteen. But really, I don't. I see a lot of good things. When I look at the Browns, I don't see a whole lot of bad things. I see a lot of good things going for them. So um, they're in our division. I shouldn't like them. But I, at this point, I feel sorry for him. I kind of like to see him have a really good year, right? Uh, you know, but well, it, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit. All right, go ahead, man. So, take take for instance the 49ers, right? 49ers before acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo were awful. Yeah, were terrible. They were right on the same pace with the the Browns to go 0 and 16. Uh, they bring Jimmy Garoppolo over. They give him a few weeks to get accustomed to the system. Quarterback gets hurt. In comes Garoppolo. They've won three straight. Yep. That goes to show how much a real franchise quarterback can do for a team. I'll give you example number two, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun okay. Watson comes in as a rookie and was on pace to break all kinds of rookie records. And yep. the – Houston Texans looked like a pretty scary team with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Oh, they were great. Now, without him, with Savage, they look terrible. They're a bottom half of the league team with it, without Deshaun Watson. So, my point in saying that is that no draft pick is a slam dunk. I don't care what position it is, uh, and I don't care – where you project to draft them in the draft first or, you know, a hundredth. There's never a slam dunk draft pick. So you know that, but you know for a fact that a franchise quarterback can make a total difference in your team and the competitive level of your team. I'll be I'll I'll give Kaiser credit. I think he'll end up being a decent NFL quarterback. I think he's got the potential to be a decent NFL quarterback. I don't, however, think that he's got the ability to be a franchise quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a top ten quarterback in the NFL, even when Brady and and Rodgers and Bre- and Breeze and all those guys retire and they're gone, I don't see Kaiser being a top ten quarterback. So, very rare, as you said, do you ever get 
a shot at the number one and number five picks in an NFL draft. And this year, there are a few highly rated quarterbacks coming out in this draft. They usually typically say that, you know, every year there's a couple quarterbacks and that kind of thing. But I'm not saying you know what you have in Kaiser because it's, again, he's still a rookie. He's still developing and that kind of thing. But I just think the opportunity at with the picks that they have is too, too good looking to pass up taking a chance at, at hitting that lottery and hitting for a franchise quarterback. Because if you hit, if you hit with a franchise quarterback, that means you're good for the next 10 to 15 years. And the Browns, I don't see them having that with Kaiser. I, you know, they could go out and draft a really good left tackle and they could go out and draft a, a really good cornerback or a middle linebacker and those types of things. And they make a difference on a team. Don't get me wrong. Offensive line is extremely important in the NFL. Middle linebackers are extremely important in the NFL, but there's nothing that's more important than a quarterback to an NFL team. And that's true. That's, 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 I'm playing devil advocate. I'm not saying if I'm the Browns, that's what I'm doing. I just think that I don't I I can't put all my stones on Kaiser. I really couldn't. And I'd have to really think and evaluate the top 3 quarterbacks that are in this draft. Who might take who? What might be available at 1 versus what might be available at 5? And I might use one of those picks on a quarterback if I truly believe that I could get a franchise quarterback out of one of those picks. Just so. uh, again, I mean, you see what the difference it made in, in San Fran and Houston with just those two guys. Yeah. And, and Garoppolo is, is one thing, you know, he's been sitting on the bench, you know, I, I agree behind, with that. behind Tom Brady. Right. And then, you know, even Tom Brady, you know, you always hear the story. How, how late of a draft pick was he? Uh, right. You know, there's, oh no! There's, there's potential to hit what a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, look at I, what's what's his name in Minnesota, Case Keenum. He was undrafted. He was yeah. So Case Keenum, when when Stafford is it Stafford? No, yeah, Bridgewater. Matt Stafford. No, no, no. Well, Teddy Bridgewater went down. Right. Then they brought in Matt Stafford. No, Matt Stafford's lines. You're thinking of uh, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford. Yeah, I get those two mixed up all the time. It's easy. So they bring him in. And uh, he was good. Then he goes down. Then Case Keenum comes in. And Case Keenum has, like, a whatever game. He's not that good. But I think he plays a few games. And then Sam Bradford comes back. Am I saying the right guy? Yeah. I swear. I'm like, okay. Sam Bradford comes back. And they're like, okay, yeah, they're the team again. They're going to be good. And then he gets hurt. And then Case Keenum comes back. And they're, like, concerned. Now they talk about Case Keenum like he's he's the – He's the guy running the show, and the, he's the guy. He's the difference maker. So it's just crazy to see. Look, look. I don't know enough about the Browns. I I pulled up Deshaun Kaiser's uh, stats while you were talking, and yeah, he he could he could use a little bit of help. I mean, he's got 19 interceptions on the year, right? But so did Peyton, Peyton Manning. His so, rookie year threw 28 interceptions, and I get that, and that's the point. I kind of. I, you can play both sides of it. You can play both sides. So it's like, yeah, 
like nobody knew I didn't know who Joe Flacco was and he turned out all right. Yeah. You know, um you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that play well, that have done well, that weren't, you know, first round picks. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, you know. Right. You know, RG three and uh what's his name? Johnny Football. You know, they were the the cream the of the quarterback. Crop. Cream of the crop, and they're both out of the league. So it's yeah. just insane. Um, but I think you give this kid a little bit of help, a little bit of work, and a little bit of time, and he could be pretty good. But I don't know. Like I said, I didn't know he threw 19 interceptions. It's, yeah, but, I mean, again, you take that out of the equation, the 19 interceptions, because, like I said, I'm not comparing him to Peyton Manning by any means. He's never going to be a Peyton <laughs> Manning. But, you know, quarterbacks like that, they come in and, and – you know, they have – it takes two or three years to really get acclimated in the NFL, they say, as a quarterback at least. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he hasn't had anybody to sit behind and learn from and that kind of – and he's still really young too. Um, yeah. So well, – uh, Go ahead. No, I was just saying. So my, my point in, in bringing that up wasn't so that I think the Browns need to give up on this guy already. It's way too early to give up on this guy. But in the situation that they're in – with the first and fifth overall picks in the draft, you know that your your quarterback isn't a franchise quarterback right now. So yes. you either take those two picks and put some pieces around him and hope within the next couple of years he then develops into a franchise quarterback or you've done your homework enough to know that one of those two picks in the first round are going to be your franchise quarterback and could come in and play at a level that a Deshaun Watson played at in his rookie year or play at a level that Carson Wentz played at in his rookie year. You know, because these are guys, not, you know, everybody wants to say that uh, rookies always struggle in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, a high percentage of rookies struggle in the beginning. But every now and again, you do hit a home run and you get a guy that can play well right off the bat. And those are two prime examples that I can think of recently that played well right off the bat. Well, you also have uh, you got a couple more quarterbacks out there that are playing really well. Yeah, Dak Prescott, uh, that, he was another one. Yeah. Well, no, no, I'm going a different route. You got Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Who Jared Goff last season they thought that was a bust. Yeah. Now. He, I mean, I picked him up. He was my starter several weeks this year, and right. he, he played really well. well. As long as he wasn't going up against like the the top defenses in the league, he's he's been very good. And then Wentz, obviously, um, you know, he's doing what he did. Obviously, he's injured now, but you know, it, well, it's. I just don't think the Browns have a lot of success picking quarterbacks, so maybe they should save those picks for later in the draft and uh, have a little bit less risk involved as far as like. Hey, we got somebody who's all right. Let's not blow another pick on a quarterback, and then uh, go with something that we know is is more of a sure thing, right? So, but. yeah, no, I agree with that. And and I'm just going to finish this on this because we spent a lot of time on this. I didn't know we were going to spend so much time on this, but uh, that's sorry. Right. I'm going to finish this off in my, as far as the quarterback conversation goes. The Jared Goff situation and the Case Keenum situation. So, I was going to mention this when we were talking about Case Keenum. Case Keenum, to me, is an offensive style quarterback, right? Meaning that he has a particular type of offense 
that he can run and be successful in. And he's got that in Minnesota. I think you take Case Keenum out of Minnesota and you put him in another offensive scheme somewhere else. He's not as good as he is in Minnesota. You take Tom Brady and put him with pretty much any team. Tom Brady's going to be good. Same thing with Jared Goff. You saw what the coaching and the offensive play calling changes did for him. You know, he went from, like you said, being a conversational bust with Jeff Fisher to a potential league MVP with Sean McVay in one year, one year difference. Now, part of that's probably progression and having a year under his belt in the NFL and that kind of thing. And the game kind of slowing down to him, that all plays effect. But I think a bigger part of it comes from the play calling comes from the offensive system and coaching and having the right player quarterback fitting that scenario um, is what has helped Case Keenum be successful and Jared Goff be successful. So moving on. Um, Talking some uh, Orioles baseball. Yeah, man, we can we can hop right into Orioles baseball. There's no uh, structure to this thing, so if we want to go to oh, Orioles, that's or, good. Or, uh, you know what? I completely forgot about predictions. Well, I, I didn't even want to go into predictions yet. I was gonna I was gonna talk about uh, just just run through real quick our next opponent. We so we've got the uh, the Colts oh, coming yeah, to town, yeah. and uh, I will be at the game uh, Saturday. That's Kind of interesting. You know, I, I was kind of confused with the NFL schedule this past week, why they had Saturday games this past week. This this coming week yeah. makes sense. Last week, the whole Saturday game thing, I, I was trying to, like, find a reasoning for it, and I couldn't figure it out. But uh, Somebody said because college football was basically out of the picture that uh, the N- NFL just snatched those spots up. Probably try to drive ratings, maybe. But yeah, to dry that's kinda that was, we discussed it at work and that was what the the guys I work with said, Yeah, it's probably because college football is off and they're trying to, you know, get the ratings. So Yeah, um, I guess. This week obviously it's the holiday, so Yeah, so it makes sense. And you got the Colts, like I said, coming to town. The Ravens are actually thirteen and a half point fra- uh favorites playing that's at big. home. Um the defense was able to recover from the beatdown in, in, in Pittsburgh two weeks ago. So, I'm not real. Look, I think this would another quarterback situation. Jacoby Brissett, I think he's a, a band aid uh, for for the, for the Colts to get to back to Andrew Luck whenever he's fully healthy. There's even been talks about him hanging it up because his his you know that the injury may be severe enough that he might not be able to come back and and have the arm strength that he once had. And uh, that'd be sad, man. This guy had all the potential in the world uh, to be the heir apparent to Peyton Manning, which is, you know, it's a tall task. That's what he was compared <laughs> to. Um, he, he's okay. I I don't know. I think he's overrated, but. I think he's a little overrated, I, I but I just think he's a hell of a lot better of an option than a Jacoby Brissett. Oh, um, yeah, obviously. And, well, they, they, they thought going into the season, they had no clue this was going to pan out the way it did, but. Right, they probably just said, "Oh, it is what it is. Let's let's ride this wave and see where it takes us." So, right. Well, how do you? Uh, so, so the experts have this as the Ravens a thirteen and a half point favorite. What do you see the outcome of this game being? 
I think the Ravens cover. Um, I have it. Um, obviously, the Ravens winning in 32-17. to 17. Okay. Uh, I think the Ravens know they need to win. And like you said, you got uh, January Joe or whatever you called him yeah. in there. And I think you're just going to see more of the same thing we've been seeing these past couple of weeks. I feel like I owe him an apology because I was ready to like – I mean, I definitely was like, hey, yep. Whatever, get rid of everybody, clean house, blah blah blah. And this was like week four, so I was definitely uh, not apologizing for shit. Fried in my emotions back then, whatever, Fred. <laughs> so <laughs> I just feel, you know, I'm I'm gonna admit it. Hey, they're playing well. It's, it's looking as long as things go as planned, we're gonna make the playoffs. Um, you know, the Colts, the Ravens, it, you know, a little bit of a, uh, you know, all the old fit. That's. I ran into that guy Chick Fil A. I was talking about earlier before the podcast. He's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a baseball guy. I was a Colts fan, Johnny Unitas, blah blah blah." So uh, I know there's a little bit of history with this kind of game with some people, because uh, right. you know the Mayflower or whatever. So um, yeah, I I just see the Ravens winning and riding the wave and Joe Flacco doing his thing and 280 yards and one touchdown, no interceptions, and the defense creating some turnovers and. I think they're going to take advantage of uh, Brissett, and I don't even know who they have. Frank Gore over there, he's pretty old, so I don't see him doing much. Yeah, he's pretty banged up too. I, I just, you know, who's Mac? They got Mac is the the young guy. So, uh, you know, I I hope it's a good game for us and see us winning. What do you got? Well, uh, uh, I see this kind of being a mirror of the last game. Uh, okay, the Browns. I see Ravens winning twenty-seven to ten. I'm going to go with the same exact score. Um, I think that this is going to be very much like the last game, although I do hope to see Alex Collins get back and going and, and get his motor back up and running properly. Um, Bust out a jig. You know, yeah. A little. But before we, before we move on from the Ravens and we go into the other predictions, um, I do want to bring up the fact that uh, the Pro Bowl selections were in uh, and submitted. And Terrell Suggs, C.J. Mosley, and Eric Weddle were all selected, all very deserving. Uh, kind of sad Brandon Williams didn't make this list. But again, we talked about earlier, a run-stuffing defensive tackle doesn't get a lot of statistical love. So unless you're watching every single game, it's easy to miss the real effect he has on a game. Um, you know, and, and with these votes, a lot of it is fan-based, you know, and – the, the Ravens, we have a, a good fan base, but when you're going up against some of these other, you know, bigger teams that have larger markets and that kind of thing, they're going to get more votes. Uh, so it's kind of sad not to see him in. But I think the bigger snubs of them all from the Ravens absolutely come from the special teams with uh, Justin Tucker and Sam Cook, uh, neither one of them getting the nod. And I don't understand it at all like it doesn't make any sense statistically I mean Tucker's missed three field goals on the year one was a 48 yarder that was blocked which he has no control over the other two one was from 58 and the other was from 62 so it's not like he missed a chip shot or anything like that these were you know long shots at the you know game games on the line that type of thing I mean wasn't he uh special or you know Special teams player of the month once yeah, right. this season. And then uh Sam Cook. Yeah. 
uh, uh, is the other guy. I think I don't know if you mentioned him. Yet. Yeah, I was, I was reading something, but uh, you know he was uh, special teams player of the week. Right. Uh, I think the second time in like three weeks, right? Or even well, with, so. with with Tucker, he had those three misses that we talked about. He's been perfect on all his extra points. Now yep. Chris Boswell, the the. Steelers kicker that actually was selected to the Pro Bowl. He's a good kicker. I'm not arguing that. He's been pretty clutch for the Steelers when the game's been called upon. But he's also missed three field goals this year. And he's missed two extra points. And the three misses from field goals that he had were from 35, 37, and 44. Yeah, it, it it's all, it, like you said, it's the fans yeah. putting their vote. You know, the Steelers are playing well. Uh, they won the division. That's all, like... It's all you can do. You can yeah. just – I didn't vote. So, you know, obviously um, there are people that aren't voting. I didn't even think about it. It's not like – I don't see a big push from the NFL. Kind of, Like the MLB does a really good job with the votes. Like it's they basically grill it into your, you know, yeah. head that, hey, go vote for the All-Star game. And it's, it's a much better product. But um, it's all the fans, man. I yeah, but those are two two really snubs. big snubs that I think yeah. uh, deserve to be there. And I, you know, I'm I'm a homer, I'm a big Ravens fan, all that good stuff. But I can put that aside and just look at the statistics and say these two guys deservingly should be there. They're heads and heels above anybody else at their respective positions. But going back to Literally. the predictions, so Ravens and Colts. That's one of the uh, the Saturday games. Uh, the other Saturday games, the Vikings at the Packers, which I was actually going to be kind of excited about to watch because Aaron Rodgers he was come back and all that, but uh, he's packed it in for the season as he's now on the IR officially for the second time and for the rest of this year. Um, Vikings are kind of at their peak right now, um, playing really, really well. Uh, even in Green Bay, I still see the Vikings winning this pretty big. I've got them winning 34-20. to 20. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, same thing. I like the Vikings. Uh, they've been playing really well, as you said. Um, you got a couple great receivers, Thielen and uh, Stephon Diggs. Diggs. Stephon Diggs. Uh, even uh, the running game's pretty good with, uh, what was his name, Reed, early on out, you know, Latavius Murray and uh, I think McKinnon. Yeah, really stepped up, but uh, you know Green Bay is pretty much eliminated uh, from the playoffs, and that's probably why you know that's the main reason I think Rodgers went went back on the IR is because there's no point in him playing. Right. Um, same thing with Devontae Adams um, suffered a second concussion. Um, yeah. On the season, and I highly doubt he's going to play. So um, you know they're going to be they're not going to have their A team in there. And I almost feel like they should have let uh, Hundley play last week, you know. Right. Um, he'd been doing well, you know. But I know they had an outside chance, you know. You an outside Rogers, chance. You, you got, got Aaron Rodgers sitting there wanting itching to play, and he had been itching to play the week prior. Um, so well, you got to give him a shot. He's definitely recovered, you know. They, they kept talking like, "Oh, he was seen when he's practicing, he was throwing, blah blah blah." So he was ready to get back out there, but. 
Um, I have a very similar score, uh, 35-21. So, you know, this is a total of two points I'm cheating off there. me, Ryan. Goddamn. I, I'm telling you, it's crazy. <laughs> um, uh, so, but, no Sunday night game this week. Um, yeah. We've got two games on Monday night, uh, Christmas Day. Uh, first game's Pittsburgh at Houston. Uh, even with the Steelers not having Antonio Brown, the the passing game still really really strong. Houston's secondary is terrible this season. Um, I see I see this being another blowout. I see the Steelers winning this one, thirty one to sixteen. I just don't think Houston can can keep up uh, offensively or defensively. I I think that uh, I might even be going a little low on this one with thirty one. But uh, yeah, thirty one sixteen. All right. Um, yeah, obviously, I think all these games that are uh, what I, you know, I guess the prime time. I feel like are pretty, in my opinion, they look like obvious <laughs> calls. But um, you know, I got Pittsburgh winning as well. Um, Bryant, Juju, uh, Bell. You know, you got a lot of the same things. Even with the Antonio Brown out. Yeah. Um, they're gonna play well. I mean, they got a you know Pro Bowl kicker. So. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> but um, Houston, you know, they're 4-10. and 10. They're not doing anything. They're probably – the issue is at this point is, like, I don't see why these guys would win if they're already eliminated. You're just – I don't know. I guess it's pride maybe, but I just see it going uh, 27-14 Steelers. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I we're like close on that. I had 31-16, 27-14. Yeah, so. we're, we're, we're probably going to be close on all these. Maybe this next one. I, I'll i go first. Yeah, go for where it. you end up. So, uh, Monday night, you know, it's Oakland versus Philly in, in Philadelphia. Um, Obviously, the Eagles are really good right now. Yeah. Um, the best best record in the league. Um. Even with Wentz out, you know, they still put up great numbers with Foles, who seemed to be a decent quarterback, um, even as a backup. But uh, the rumor that I heard that has my score at what it is is that um, I don't think they have to win. Like, I, I just think I think they can move forward and they're the one seed regardless. I don't, I don't think it matters. I might be wrong on that, 100% wrong. But um, I heard they're going to try to get their rookie quarterback in there, their backup. Huh. The the backup, the Foles, I, I heard. I think that, that would be kind of silly. Well, I heard they just want to get him a few snaps, you know, a few plays in there. So I don't know if they're anticipating blowing them out. Well, or whatever, if they're blowing but, them out, fourth quarter, that type of thing, that's fine. But if they're talking like a early second half switch, I think that's uh, that's a silly call. Yeah, so I don't know. It, it's kind of got me with fantasy. I have Ertz um, as yeah. my tight end. So I'm like, I know he's had some troubles this season. Um, he's a concussion. He's got a couple lingering injuries, but he's played really well. Um, so I'm hoping he stays in the game. But I, I'd heard, you know, they want to get that backup quarterback in there, and they might rest some guys that need it. Um, so... I went kind of low with this because I don't know who's going to be playing. I got 21-18, but Philly's still winning. Okay. I mean, it is a home game. I think they definitely want to win at home. Right. Uh, for the fans, but 
I just don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. Yeah, no, I don't have it like a high-scoring game either. But um, as far as the Raiders go, the Raiders, they always seem to fall behind a lot in the beginning of a game. And they did so this past week against the Cowboys, but they, you know, they were fortunate enough to, to come back and have a shot at the end uh, until Carr fumbled the ball across the end zone. That was another one of those crazy endings to a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, if they fall behind to this Philly team against this defense, they're, they're not coming back. Um, I'd be interested. To, I'd be really interested to see if what you say uh, is true. If they end up bringing in the, the backup, backup quarterback, um, two foals to get a couple snaps. I mean, like I said, if it's fourth quarter, it's a blowout. That's one thing. But if they're talking like, ah, well, we don't need to win this game so we can bring it in, kind of treat it as a preseason type game. I think mm-hmm. that would be kind of a silly move because Foles, yes, he had a good game, but he hasn't played in a while. Like he needs to get in rhythm with his wide receivers, especially when the games get tougher for the playoffs. Like you don't want to just take for granted that he had a four touchdown game and think that he's going to do that every game against every team. Yeah. Uh, so he needs that. There's repetitions. Um, but yeah, I've got the Eagles winning and I've got it 27 to 13. Okay. So again, no, no way for you to make up ground this week, but no, <laughs> no, nah, but that's all right. A lot of, um, uh, it'll be good. It'd be a lot of football to watch, but none of these games are really, I don't know, outside of fantasy. I'm not really interested in any of them. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of, like I said, you can kind of see if you're picking just a sheer, if you're just basing it off a winner, you know, I feel like you already have that pick made up right in your mind. So, um, man, we're really getting into the show. Um, yeah, want to talk talk a little bit of baseball? Yeah, man. Uh, that's just to say. That's, there's, that's there's uh, a little bit to talk about. Yeah, there. I mean, there's there's been some some things going on. I mean, we talked a little bit about the uh, the Manny Machado situation last week and it's gotten to a point now where supposedly the Orioles front office pretty unhappy with the offers that they've gotten so far and they're talking about pulling Manny off the trading block as early as tomorrow morning if the offers don't approve I don't know if that's just a ploy to try to get more on their return for Manny. Um, I mean, I've, I've kind of talked about this before. Look, you now is go time if you're going to get rid of Manny. Um, and, and it's got to be now. Right? You can't wait until the All-Star break because then you're talking half a year for a team. Right now, it's only a year that you're guaranteeing yourself with Manny Machado as of right now. Um but at least that gives an organization a year to kind of try to convince Manny and and roll out the red carpet per se for an entire year to sign an extension at whatever team, you know, trades for him. That's the advantage that you get to doing so. And I know if if Manny walks, they get draft picks, but again, it, the whole draft thing is a gamble. And the Orioles aren't very good at it, uh, never have been very good at it. So you need to get maximum value for whatever you can get for him now, and you don't let that pass up. You take, 
if there's five or six teams out there that are that are putting in offers for them, you take the best offer that's on the table and you go to the other five teams and you say, this is what I'm getting from this team, either beat it or I'm making this deal, and you make that deal. You, you get it done because you can't afford to lose somebody like Manny and get absolutely nothing back in return for him. Um, and to kind of cater along with that, the other big news involving the Orioles was the, uh, the injury that was announced this morning to Zach Britton. Uh, he had torn his Achilles and now is expected to miss the next five to six months. Um, you know, there was some rumblings that, Manny and Zach might be in a package deal to the Cubs, um, which would make a whole lot of sense for the Cubs and their needs uh, and getting a ton of prospects back from them, uh, including uh, shortstop Addison Russell, which I'm a big fan of Addison Russell. I think he's, I think he's a, a really good uh, shortstop and that can put, if you make that deal, you bring Scope over to third. You move Beckham to second base, which is where he was playing in Tampa Bay anyway. Um, and, you know, you make that kind of transition with the infield, and you're not hurting that bad. Um, but obviously this puts a, a damper on that with, with the injury to Britain. Now the Orioles have a lot of decisions around him that they have to make. He, he's eligible for arbitration. And predictions show – that he'll probably get about $12 million from arbitration. So the decision is, do you cut him? Because do you pay $12 million to a player that's going to miss five to six months right now? Because that's what he's going to get. And is $12 million worth maybe half a year from a guy that's a closer when we've got a couple of good arms in the bullpen that could probably step into to Zach Britton's at a much cheaper price and fill his role. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. You know, the Orioles are uh, kind of trying to manipulate their budget and figure out ways to save money and spend money here and there. And that's a lot of money, $12 million. Although it's only one year, it's still a lot of money to invest in a player that you're only going to get a few months out of. Uh, what's your take on this whole Manny and Britain situation? So for me, it's 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 all frustrating. Um, I saw the whole thing with Duquette where he was kind of like, "Hey, if we don't get better offers, we're gonna pull him off the market." I think that's dumb. I, um, well, is it a ploy? You know, I mean, do you think that I, they, he really feels that way, or do you think it's a? Ploy? I mean, it's Duquette we're talking about, so he could very well be serious. But I don't know what it is, but I just don't like the idea of like. I feel like you're already asking that. If you're in these negotiations, you're you're already asking for the better deal. You're going to counter whatever they, they give you. Um, but to publicly come out and say that, I, I just think it looks desperate. It looks stupid. It's like, what, what, what are you going to achieve by doing that? You're basically saying that everybody's offering you the same crap. And if that's the case, then they're going to be like, why do we make a better offer? Because apparently nobody's making him right. a good offer. But I was really excited last week. You know, I I like Manny. I think he's a great player. But obviously the Orioles don't have it in their head that they're going to re-sign this kid. And at that point, it's like you said, you go and you get whatever you can for him. And 
the other thing with Britain, you know, Britain was on the trading block last year. I think he was injured at some point in the season last year. Most of it, you know, and I think you had an opportunity last season to, to move him and you didn't do it. Um, and now he's injured and you're in the situation, like you said, Hey, you're going to pay a lot of money for a guy who's hardly going to be there or you're not going to get much for him at all. And it's like, I think they're too slow on the draw with making these deals or they want too much or they got this crazy physical crap that they do and people don't even want to come here. I feel like it's, they got to loosen the reins over there and make some changes and, and kind of be a more inviting environment for other players because nobody talks about wanting to come to Baltimore. Granted, when they get here, they probably say, yeah, I'm excited to come play, you know, with this team. They got a great chemistry and Buck Walter, blah, blah, blah. But you never hear that prior. You know, nobody's like, yeah, I want to go play in Baltimore. We're never on anybody's list. Any any big uh, free agent signing that goes on and these guys basically get to pick where they go, nobody ever says, I want to play in Baltimore. All right. All right, well let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let's we got the two minute warning left, which I think it's my turn this week. Sir, Fredro, uh, we'll see how if I can get this. There really wasn't a, a too crazy of a week, but let's uh, let's see what I got here. You uh, do you have a timer ready, Ryan? By chance? No. If not, I can get one pulled up really quickly. I got a and I'll start my two minute warning now. So, Cowboy star Ezekiel Elliott uh, is back from his suspension. Uh, is it too late for his production to make a difference? Can they make a run to get into the playoffs? We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, with the recent news of Carolina Panthers owner Jerry Richardson putting the team up for sale after some recent uh, allegations against him, uh, P. Diddy put a put it out on social media that he would be interested in buying the team. A few other high-profile celebrities kind of chimed in and wanting to go in on the deal, including Steph Curry and none other than Colin Kaepernick. Uh, so we'll see if that really takes any <laughs> direction and gets going. Um, Tampa Bay, you have mentioned this uh, just a few minutes ago. So Tampa Bay Rays superstar and – the one really iconic player that you can think of for the Rays uh, in their team history, when you think of the Rays, you think Evan Lagoria. Um, he was traded today to the San Francisco Giants for a package of, of young prospects, typical Tampa Bay kind of deal. Uh, it'd be weird to see him in another uniform. That guy, I thought he was a lifer uh, in Tampa Bay, but he probably that did just too. goes to show how Tampa Bay is, man. They don't, they don't hold on to things. Uh, if they can get some value for it. Uh, CC Sabathia re-signed with the Yankees on a one-year, $10 million deal. I thought if uh, we might bring in one free agent left-handed pitcher, it would have been nice to see him, but uh, he's just he's in love with the Yankees, so that is what it is. Uh, former Indian Carlos Santana signed with the Phillies. And a three-year deal for $60 million, $20 million, uh, 20 million per. That's their biggest free agent signing since Cliff Lee for the Phillies. So it's been quite a while. And Rangers star pitcher Cole Hamels decided to donate his Texas mansion, valued over $9 million, to a charity that helps kids with special needs. Uh, Boom! I just got that in there. 
<laughs> it was getting close. I was watching. It was right on the freaking money, man. Uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool uh, to, to, to expand on that just for a second. Uh, Cole Hamels has been a, a guy that I don't really know much about, like from a personal standpoint, but I always felt like he was kind of had this like same thing that I said, he had this kind of like arrogance about him. And um, I just never really cared for the guy very much, honestly. Uh, but this really changed my perspective on, I mean, I'm sure in some sort of crazy tax way, he could probably get money back on this, but just the, the fact that he was uh, him and his wife decided to do that. Um, it, it was a pretty, pretty cool ordeal. Uh Nine point four million is uh, not something to just bat an eye at. No. Uh, it's uh, nope. quite a uh, quite a piece of property that uh, it's going to go to a good cause and help kids. So good for him. But that's it, man. It's been a long show. We uh, hour and twenty minutes, man. This I think this might be one of our longest shows that we've done. Yeah, we you got hung up on the Browns for some reason. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> hey, that was a good conversation though. I yeah. like it so. Sorry. People are probably like, what the hell is this? The Browns? Yeah, what the fuck is this? The Brown Hut. All right, man. Well, it's always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Berlin so BS. we will be back. Uh, we should be back next week, Wednesday. Shouldn't be a problem with it being a couple days after the holiday. Yeah, I think we might um, even try to record Tuesday. That way we're on um, because we're both off. Yeah, yeah, now that so. works. All right, man. Well, Berlin BS, episode 29 in the books. I'm Fred. Ryan. Peace. See you guys. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Christmas comes this time each year. Christmas comes this time each year